Hello, bug catchers. Hello. My name it. Nope, you're not a bug catcher. You're. <laughs> you are Josh Fjallstad, aka Joshua Fjallstad, and Fjallth is Meowth, and hat yeah. tip to you, Josh, for doing that one. You came up with that one. I did it. Minutes before that we started recording. I tried in our last episode. I also thought Fjell, Fjellocarp, Fjellocarp was pretty good. Yours was yeah. bad. <laughs> but I, I can do it if I have to. My name is Tantru, a.k.a. Tanner Greenring. This is Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. Joshua, we have finished Gen 1, Season 1, Red and Blue, Kanto region. And now we are in, we are floating in limbo like two unbaptized babies. Oh, Drifloons, maybe. Like two unbaptized <laughs> babies hanging from Drifloon strings. Because I think that is the thing that they do, right? Drifloons like abduct children. Yeah, d- sure. I think that's in their Pokedex entry. I'm sure they've tried it. They are ghosts. I mean, they're a little fucked up. Are they ghost type? Yeah. That is fucked up. Are the keys ghost type too? I think so. What about the sword? Yeah, the sword is definitely ghost. So many ghosts. That wasn't our concern this week, but there was only one ghost, I think, that we dealt with this week. That's right. The Trixie Haunter. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That was a, a funny, like, trivia from Bulbapedia. I read that they wanted to make a ghost themed level and then they realized oh wait we only have three ghost types so we can't do a level like that yeah so they learned some kind of a lesson from agatha (laughs) in the elite four where they're like oh wait we don't have enough pokemon to do this but then they then they they turned too much into the swerve because they're like we need more ghost type and they're like uh keys balloons swords (laughs) i don't know uh lawnmowers (laughs) <laughs> do you remember that viral video from me a few years ago where it was a lawnmower that like flew yeah with the it was inspirational and then the there's like the inspirational gorilla that fades in and it's like everything will be all right or something <laughs> god i love memes that was a good one this week josh and i got together irl which is actually rarer than you'd believe given the fact that we live in The same city, and in fact, live about 15 minutes walking distance between one another. And have a really good bar right between us. Yeah, and are very close friends who can get together anytime they want. Got together at Joshua's place, played a 1999 N64 game called Pokemon Snap. We decided that if we were going to do these interstitials between gens, right? This was the canonically and chronologically the game that made the most sense. Right. Because going into this game, all we had was Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, and Pokemon Yellow. So we're we're still like firmly within the late 90s Gen 1 original Game Boy era. And this game came out in 99. It was like concurrent with that. It's all Gen 1 Pokemon. So it definitely fit the bill. It felt like the right way to officially send off the first generation. Plus, it's just, I remembered it being very fun and just like very relaxing and i was not let down i'd never played it before saturday when we played it oh yeah what were your impressions i actually loved it it was very fun yeah i had a great time playing it with you we started drinking at 10 (laughs) a.m yeah 
Yeah, that definitely helped. We were only interrupted by Lindsay and Bobby once, who only made us feel like idiots just a little bit. Right. Other than that, I thought it was a great time, man. What a fun little game. We also beat it in like four what, hours. Four hours. Yeah. And we were we were pushing it because then we just started trying to get like high scores at the end. Yeah. We like a hundred percent of it. We got every single Pokemon. Every Pokemon. Every item. Heaps of praise from Professor Oak. Oh yeah, he loved it. Respected in the photography community. Who does? Oak or Todd Snap? Oak. Yeah, Todd Todd Snap, the protagonist of the game, which we discovered. He is identified as Todd in the game, but we discovered in reading Bulbapedia, his full name is Todd Snap of uh, Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Which came first, we don't know. Was he a photographer? And then he named himself It's that? one of those names you just kind of grow into. Or, right, yeah, his parents are Snap, and they're like, well, obviously, you have to become a photographer. What else would you do? I guess you could like snap neck. You'd be like an assassin. You could be a beat neck or you do like. Oh, yeah. You could be like a beat poet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a blast. We had such a good time playing it. It was fun. I wish there was more. I mean, we can't believe they've never made another one. They should one. do a sequel. They should do a sequel. Given the like, what what was what were you saying the other day? Oh, Labo. Like Nintendo Labo. Yeah. Seems like a totally eligible candidate. Yeah. They make a camera Labo, which I think is a Labo already. So make Pokemon Snap that you can play with the camera lab- Labo. What's happening here? Have you ever played Labo? No. Because they don't have Pokemon Snap. I'm curious about it, but like I'm an adult man and it just feels like it's not really made for adult men. Do you know what I mean? It seems like more work that I'm willing to put in. Yeah. Pokemon Snap is a one-person game that we turned into a collaborative two-person game that I one yeah at the last literally the last second i had the high score what do you mean from the cave level until we finally made it to the rainbow cloud that's great and i will happily look down on you from my number one spot on the podium down to where you are on your number two spot and give you a little nod and like put my hand down and kind of like get the crowd to like cheer for you like let's give it up for josh he did a really good job catching a picture of three jigglypuffs but it yeah was nowhere about half as many points as my picture of mew okay it was more like 5600 something versus like 8600 something and also the crowd would love the jigglypuff trio that's who's singing the hits and you have to arguably put in more work to get them no i think so too you did a great job Saving those three Jigglypuffs, reuniting them for their last performance at the end of the cave level. It was a beautiful song they sang, and it was in your honor. It was. And here's a clip of it, because it really is just a really great song. It was stunningly beautiful. So good, but... Was it 8,000 points good? No. No, I guess not. In order to have a a picture in Pokemon Snap that's 8,000 points good, you've got to get right up in Mew's face. Yeah. Kissing distance. Kissing distance. You can just reach out and... But instead you go, snap. You snap a little picture. And it's a good picture. As close to Mew as humanly possible. I think I've been closer to Mew physically than any human being ever. That's how close my picture was. Well, other than like Dr. Fuji, because he who cloned Mew to create Mewtwo. He was probably pretty this? involved. If, now, is there a fire alarm going off in your place? 
Yeah, it sounds like a fire alarm's going off. <laughs> Is that something we should be worried about? No. <laughs> well, it's certainly going to affect the audio quality of the podcast. Yeah, that's a little difficult. Uh, Is it in your apartment? I, I don't know. <laughs> it was in here. Bobby wouldn't tell me why. You wanted so badly to ignore it, but like, what if your house is burning down? I think I would know. The other day, our fire alarms started going off. In our apartment, the fire alarms are all connected. There's That's one in each room. Insane. So if one goes off, they all go off. It was like 10 p.m., and the boy had been asleep for hours at this point. Our alarm started going off, and I looked up the beep pattern on the internet, and it was like, oh, it's a carbon monoxide warning. And I was like, fuck, you telling me my house is full of carbon monoxide right now? Oh, God. So we whipped open every room, the uh, every window in every room, and got my eight-month-old son out of bed and took him and like put him next to a window and called, the, called 911 because that's what you're supposed to do right. when your carbon monoxide alarm goes off. The fire department showed up like 10 minutes later, walked into the house with a carbon monoxide detector and was like, no, it's the battery, and walked out. <laughs> and they were like, look, and they showed me the carbon monoxide detector and said zero. And they're like, faulty alarm happens all the time. And they just left and like got in their truck and went back to their fire station. And they're all just like dragging you to hell in the fire truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. These dum-dums. So that's probably what Bobby's dealing with, a faulty fire ex- fire alarm. Well... A few weeks ago, he had like a fever dream that they didn't work and woke up to check and all the batteries were dead in all of our, <laughs> our smoke detectors. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, I had just been living in like paradise because I was like, oh, I love how in this apartment, the fire alarms don't go off all the time, which they did in our old apartment just constantly. Ours too. And we have like giant like... It's like living in a, a war zone. We have like... Th- 15 foot ceilings and the fire alarms are like at the top of them so before we have had a son we just unplugged all the fire alarms yeah definitely that's like how i want to live now that we have a young son though we do have to keep them plugged in apparently good idea anyway brief digression there while josh's husband burned down their apartment (laughs) but everything seems to be fine where were we pokemon snap we have not even gotten into any of the gameplay yet other than the fact that i beat you at this collaborative cooperative game we were mostly just switching off every level and each of us had the opportunity after going through a level once that you could run it back if you were getting close on like a specific objective at times we did use a walkthrough because we needed to be able to finish right quickly we thought we were like under the gun on yeah. this one because i had to like go to the airport and pick up my wife and we're like, oh, we only have six hours to play this game. And it turns out it only takes four hours to beat at, like, a f- leisurely pace. We did every level probably at least half a dozen times, I imagine. Yeah. And how each level works, for those who are not familiar, is you are Todd Snap. It's first person. You use a camera and you get various other items throughout the game. And what you're doing is um, you are this... Photographer who Professor Oak commissions to study Pokemon on quote-unquote Pokemon Island, Mm -hmm. which is a location that is not used in any other game, and I don't believe that it is ever placed in the larger... Well, it's really remote. It's remote. Yeah, it's a little-known volcanic island. It's the Galapagos of... What's the world of Pokemon called? I don't think that it has 
a name. I think it's just, is it Earth? It's not Earth. No, it is Earth, I guess, because South America. It's most similar to Earth, but we don't know if it's like alternate timeline, parallel universe, anything like that. But I, I believe it's just Pokemon World. I don't think they call it Earth. It's Earth for sure, right, though? Because we know that Russia exists in it, or Siberia exists in it. We know that Guiana Guiana exists in it. Yeah. So it's Earth. It's similar to Earth, but they don't call it Earth is all that I'm saying. Like, maybe it is, but they, they have not been on, like, on the record saying that it's Earth specifically. How many times a day do you, do you say the word Earth? Right? Like, of course they don't call it Earth. Who's going around being like, remember, we live on Earth. That would be weird. I guess that's true. So this is the Galapagos Island of Earth. I mean, another Galapagos Island. Where about half the Gen 1 Pokemon live. A little under half. Is it 63 Pokemon? A little under half. And you are commissioned by Professor Oak to take photos of them by any means possible. Which includes throwing apples at them pestering them with pester balls technically you're not supposed to throw the apples at them you're supposed to throw the apples like well so they may enjoy them you and i both know that some apples definitely hit some pokemon you were assailing pokemon with apples that's the only way to do it when you don't have the until you get the pester ball i don't know what the cy young award is i think it's given to, to major league baseball pitchers but in this case this year in 2020 they're making an exception. They're going to give it to Josh Fjellstedt for how yes. ruthlessly he was nailing these Pokemon with apples during our playthrough. Keep in mind, hitting Pokemon with apples does nothing. Every now and then they'll go like this. It does some stuff. It gets the, the Bulbasaurs on the cave level to turn into dittos, turn back to dittos. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But that's only when they eat them. They have to turn into a ditto in order to eat them. You also get these things called pester balls, which is what you're actually supposed to throw at Pokemon to bother them. Yeah. What else did we get? We got a few enhancements to our zero one. So this is a Rails game if you haven't played it. It's a little like an arcade like shooter game like Time Crisis or, or House of the Dead where you're on rails. Like you're just moving through the level in the way that they've designed for it to be moved through. And you're seeing events. It's like riding a Disneyland ride, right? You're seeing events happen around you, and you've got a camera, and you can snap pictures of them. Yeah. And you're in a little truck called the Zero One, which is a rail car, a boat, a rocket ship. Yeah, it's got hover abilities as well. It does a little bit of everything. There are a couple of uh, cliffhangers where you think maybe this is lights out for todd this is it yeah yeah there's one level where you get to the end and you're in a river and you divert the course of the river and you turn off into a giant waterfall that just plunges into an endless abyss of a cave and you just go over the edge and it's like well that's it lights out it's curtains then the zero one converts into a uh a little rocket ship yeah eventually Professor Oak realizes how frustrating it must be to sit through a monotonous, slow, plodding journey through these environments and gives you something called the R-Dash. Dash engine? The Dash engine, which you hit R to activate, which just lets you um, ram Pokemon Yeah, you, at top speed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, you get the Dash engine... I think not until after the valley, right? I don't remember. There's so many weird rules for unlocking all of these perks. And it's like, 
it's mostly points based, I think. Like you have to get a certain number of points and you earn points by taking pictures of Pokemon and the Pokemon you have to, you get more points if they're right in the middle of the frame, if they take up a large amount of the frame, if they're doing something interesting like a move, and if there are other Pokemon in the frame with it. Parts of it are arbitrary, I mean, because it's hard to argue like what is exactly in the middle of the frame. You can't really tell like what triggers it. Right. Professor Oak, he's basically a size queen. Like I feel like the most consistent thing is like make that Pokemon as large as possible. Oh, fill the screen. Wow. Fill the screen, daddy, is what he said to us. And then we would do that sometimes. Like that Snorlax. I, uh, we got in so many fights with one-sided fights with Professor Oak when he was grading our pictures, bug catchers, because Josh took this beautiful photo of a Snorlax. Thank you. He used the polka flute. The Snorlax woke up, gave us a beaming smile did a little dance i would say five eighths of the frame was filled with snorlax and his beautiful little face yeah and then we get to the end of the level level and oak is like well not centered in the frame you were close it's like what do you mean dog or at the end of the tunnel level which is the second level there are a few magnemites floating around, and if you feed them apples, they'll convert into a magneton. Oh, yeah. And if you take a picture of the magneton, fully in the frame, all three of them, top of the frame, lower right of the frame, lower right, left of the frame, beautifully framed photo, Professor Oak is like, hmm, not in the center of the frame, because like there's not a literal Pokemon in the center of the frame. God. Because he's too dumb to figure out that three magnemites is actually one magneton. I hated that. The magneton thing was really driving me insane, actually. I went back a couple of times just trying to nail that fucking photo. We played that level maybe 20 times, and every time both of us like would furiously take this like a thousand pictures of this magneton yeah. right at the end of the level. Which is not even like a special photo. We just became like hell-bent on trying to get fucking Professor Oak to give us a good grade. Right. I loved all of his little like catchphrases where he'll be like, Ooh, is this a, like, oh, well done. Oh, Balloon Pikachu is worth 1,000 points or something. It's like, why would you know that Balloon Pikachu is worth 1,000 points? Who's deciding this point system? Yeah, it's totally arbitrary. So the game starts with level one, which is beach. And you start the level, you're on the track, you, you move down the thing. It's full of, like, very basic beginning-of-the-game Pokemon. We're talking Pidgeys. We're talking... Doduos. Butterfree. Doduos. Butterfreeze. All the, all the standard Pokemon. Pikachu. Meowth. There is this saucy little Pikachu, though, at the very start of the level. Yeah. And if you can coax him over using apples to a little surfboard that's been set up, he'll hop on it. And if you take a little picture of him, that's surfing Pikachu. Wonderful. Every single level in this game has an appearance by Pikachu, except for maybe Rainbow Cloud. Yeah. And Pikachu is doing something interesting in each of the six levels. In beach level, he's surfing Pikachu. In tunnel level, he is hanging out with like Doug Trio. There's quick Pikachu in the river level too. Cave has the balloon Pikachu. Just very, very sweet. And Valley, what's he doing in Valley? 
Literally, you have the word valley written down in the sheet, and I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to picture what the valley stage looked like. Valley's the one that we spent the most time on. It's the one that has the Doug Trio sign. You had to hit the Squirtle, the Squirtle bowling. Oh, right. I don't think he's in it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure Pikachu is in Valley, actually. Of all the opportunities to get a saucy picture of Pikachu being saucy, I think Beach is my favorite. Little surfing Pikachu standing on his surfboard, hanging 10. So cute. You were a huge fan of cave Pikachu. Yeah, I like balloon Pikachu. In the cave, uh, Zubat steals Pikachu. And you have to throw pester balls and get Zubat to drop Pikachu. And when he does, Pikachu deploys this little, like, series of balloons. Yeah, he's got, like, a balloon parachute somehow. Yeah. And they're, like, colorful. Josh excitedly took out his his phone and took about a thousand pictures of balloon Pikachu gently drifting. Put that up on a EXP share pod later. And you can also get him to ride Articuno, which is fun. Yes, which you also did. But then we ran, so you get you get 60 photos per level. And if you're snapping maniacs like we are, you run out of those fucking photos. Yeah. So we didn't get the best photo of Pikachu riding Articuno, but we did get a photo of Pikachu riding Articuno. Yeah. It looked Which great. I didn't know about until this one, this playthrough. All three of the fly slaves were in this game. Did you notice that? Fly friends? Fly friends. <laughs> Zapdos... Articuno and Moltres. Yeah. All in this game. Like, as usual, Moltres was the most hideous and pointless one. And the easiest. You literally cannot avoid seeing Moltres. Yeah. You gotta work for Articuno, and you gotta work for Zapdos. But Moltres has, on the volcano level, it's just his giant egg is just sitting in the middle of the fucking road. So you have to pelt it with some apples to get rid of it. Right. And then it falls in the lava and Moltres erupts out. Yeah. The hardest one is Zapdos because what you have to do for Zapdos is like coax Pikachu over using apples and then he does an electric shock on Zapdos's egg and then Zapdos erupts out of it. And then you use Zapdos to get a picture of Pinsir Shadow. It's so complicated. It's such a complicated game. It's such a beautiful game. It's like a symphony. Yeah. And I, I'm realizing now I'm looking at this, we missed the Pikachu on Tunnel. You can get him to run around on an electrode. So he will do a little like balancing act. What the fuck? We didn't do that one. We got to start over. Yeah, we're going to have to run it back. All right. So it's a very beautiful game. We've barely even gotten into the gameplay at all. We will describe that when we get back from this break. Pokemon Island Beach, Joshua, here we are, took a picture of Pikachu, took a picture of a Meowth, making a funny little face at me. He was trying to steal some Pidgey eggs, and he got owned. He got gusted. What's that out in the bay, Josh? Off in the distance, barely discernible on the blue backdrop of the sea in the sky. Whose head is that I see poking out of the sea? It was blue. It was majestic. Lapras. Lapras was a pain. I don't think any of our photos that we caught of Lapras were especially notable. We didn't do Lapras justice. I don't think any of the photos we took got a ton of points. We could never get Lapras to come into to shore for a glamour shot. There are several times throughout the game where getting the best photo of the Pokemon involves taking a photo of it at various distances, but you have to capture it, capture the photo 
each time, like wherever it is. This will happen with Pikachu a couple of times to get fast Pikachu on the river level. It's again like you got to snap Pikachu. Right. And for Lapras, you got to get Lapras like I think three times at various weird areas and distances. And if you do that, then she shows up near the end of the level. She's shy. She's shy, Josh. (laughs) It's a little coy. Playing coy. And also, she never gave us her permission. We know that Lapras is intelligent from the anime holiday episodes. That's true. She didn't give us any telepathically communicated encouraging words. No, she's keeping her distance, which means that she thinks we are creeps, which frankly, we are. We're here we are in our little hover jet, plodding through her beach. That's true. Throwing apples at Snorlaxes or whatever. Kangaskans. Kangaskan, you do have to throw apples at. Yeah, and then she gets pissed and turns around and yells at you, and you get a good pick. Thank you. <laughs> there's also Kingler Rock. So there's this whole thing where you go through all the levels, you beat them, you take all the photos of Pokemon, and then Professor Oak is like, actually, wait, you're not done. Now what you have to do is go and find a hidden Pokemon in every single level. At the end of the valley level, you find the secret area that has like a shack in it, There is, at some point, like, human inhabitants on this island, because, like, the tunnel has an abandoned power plant in it. There's the shack. Right. And then, for some reason, he's like, well, obviously, what this means, you guys got to go back and you have to take photos of all these, like, natural landmarks, basically, that make the shapes of Pokemon. Pokemon. Right. The confusing part was, despite the fact that there was only 63 Pokemon in this game... Several of the Pokemon signs, which are these landmarks that look like Pokemon are Pokemon that you can already find in the game. Yeah. So the Pokemon signs are level one, Kingler Rock. That's fine. There's no Kinglers in the game. So being able to see Kingler brought to life via rocks, interesting. Yeah, provocative. Level two, Pincer's Shadow. So you get Zapdos to light up. Restart the power plant. It lights up a light which casts a shadow on a wall that looks like Pincer. Interesting. I don't, there's no Pincer in this game. So even seeing the shadow of a Pincer, very interesting. Yeah. Level three, coughing smoke. You throw Pokeballs in a volcano and a smoke cloud comes out that looks like coughing. Sort of. But I've already seen fucking coughing in this game. Coughing is in this game. And we hate coughing because it was abusing the Jigglypuffs. Level four, Cubone tree. Interesting. I didn't see a Cubone in this game before. And now there's a tree that looks like one. Yeah. Level five, Mewtwo constellation. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Looks sort of stupid, but kind of cool. <laughs> it's level six, Mount Duck Trio. There's a Duck Trio in the game. I've seen it. I already got a picture of a Duck Trio. And that one was so blatant. You just start the level and it's like, well, there's a fucking mountain that looks like Doug Trio, obviously. Yeah. The signs thing, it was, I don't know. It was interesting. It was fun. We had trouble with a few of the signs. Well, the pincer one is tough. The pincer one is like eight steps. You have to like throw the apples, get Pikachu to light up, get the Zapdos. And to to get Pikachu to light up, you also have to play a little tune. You have to do Poke Flute after you lure him over to the Zapdos egg. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's like two items that you need before you can even do it. Then you got to get there and like capture it at the right angle, the pincer thing, much less get a good pick of Zapdos while you're there. What was your favorite level of all the levels? Which did you have the most fun inhabiting if you had to build a home on pokemon island which level would you build a home on oh well those are two different questions if i were building a home i remembered this when i was a kid my favorite was the river valley 
Or no, river like the, it was like the bayou. Yeah, the jungle. Okay. It's got good mons. It's got polywags. It's got vile plume, slowpoke, Pikachu. Psyduck. Shelter, Cloyster. That one is fun. Nintendo has always been good at water features, I think, regardless of generation. And I, I remember like originally realizing that when I played Star Fox Adventures on GameCube. And like, regardless of the game's overall quality, the water in that fucking game. I was like, I'll live here. Don't get Josh started on the water in Star Fox Ugh, Adventures just... in the GameCube. It's crystal clear. Ugh. Beautiful. And Beautiful. the river level... And given Valley also, there's water on plenty of these levels. I think Valley is the answer for me. Valley was was fun. It was very challenging, and I didn't like it originally. But over the course of having to try it so many times, I kind of grew to love it. It's a beautiful little location. I'd, I'd build a house right on that first shore where you can kind of trick the squirtles to go up on the shore. Yeah. Overlooking Dugtrio Peaks. Oof. That's where I'd build my house. That would be a nice place to retire. Which one did you have the most fun playing through? I want to say Cave. You did a lot of good work in the Cave. Cave was definitely my golden age. Cave was your your area. Like, you're the one who threw pester balls at all the coughings, thus freeing all the Jigglypuffs yeah. to go to the end of the level and perform a little song for us. Yeah. Which was like no easy feat, and somehow you pulled it off. Part of that was because I remember as a kid that that was the thing that we all struggled with the most, and and I think it was my friend Nate who originally did it first. We were all so impressed, and I was like, well, this time I'm going to be the kid who gets the Jigglypuff trio back together. And you did it. And you're also the kid who freed Balloon Pikachu from the Zubat yeah. so he could ride Articuno, and you pulled off that move too. Not only did you free balloon pikachu from zubat you also awoke articuno so that pikachu could ride on it yeah two playthroughs where i was just like all right i'm getting those jiggly puffs then i'm getting a balloon pikachu and then i'm doing this articuno thing i think valley was really my level for most fun as well yeah i just like the i like the waterfalls i like the mon i like the little trick shots like yeah there's a couple tricky things you have to do in valley one is like take a picture of these star U's that are floating above you and they're super fast. They're super fast, and you have to get them to go into this little whirlpool and turn into a star me, which is also very tricky to get a picture of. There's also this thing at the end where you have to throw a pester ball at a squirtle, and it you're essentially bowling for a manky oh, yeah. at the top of a hill. That was your crowning achievement, I think, also. That was good. I pulled that off, which I was pretty proud of. Because it will withdraw into its shell, but you had to line it up to hit a manky. That's like up on a little mountain. And Tanner just was like, I'm going to do that. And then fucking just knocked it out of the park. I want it. I got it. Then there's this other trick shot where you have to like knock all these geodudes off a wall, which then knocks a graveler off the wall, which then con- convinces a sand slash to come out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. And then you can get a picture of Sand Slash. I had a lot of fun on that level. We played that one a ton. Yeah. Josh also got a pretty good trick shot on that one, too, with the Gyarados. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because to get the Gyarados, Gyarados, which we confirmed on our last episode via Misty and, uh, and Jesse, you have to throw apples into the water around the first bend to get a Magikarp to j- flop out onto the seashore, river shore, and then Mankey, who's there, 
slaps him, and then it slaps Magikarp way down it's the river. It's so convoluted. It's so convoluted. And then at a certain point, you come up to another shore. I think it's the shore that has the three gravelers that are hanging up on the wall that you can get to do a dance later with the poke flute. Yeah. Magikarp will pop out there, and then you got to hit him again with a pester ball. Then he pops over into a waterfall, and then a couple of seconds later, a raging Gyarados pops out. Yeah. Perfect for a photo. Yeah, Valley, we we definitely played the most. I think that's clear. Yeah, I just think it's fun. Fun level. I like the waterfall stuff. It's like a it's like a roller coaster. The other ones are pretty serene. I, I think we can both agree what the worst level is though, right? Volcano. Volcano. Yeah, volcano blows. Volcano sucked. It's a bad level. I think I only literally only ever played it once and it was to get like an Arcanine to like finish off our collection. Well, because it's easy. It sucks. Like you you don't even have to know what you're doing. Josh played once and cleared 99% of the Pokemon in the whole level, including the like tricky Charizard at the end. Yeah. Which requires knocking a Charmeleon into a lava pit and it erupts as Charizard. Right. And the Moltres, and the, like... The fighting Magmar, I remember triggering that photo. He got two Magmars to do 69, yeah. (laughs) He found two Magmars, and he convinced them to do 69-ing for a photo, and they did it with fire. It was grotesque, but you get bonus points, so... And it was my... You make me barf Pokemon of the week, naturally. Oh, yeah. We both knew it at the time, IRL, too. I'll say this. The N64 with its like blocky, low poly count graphics is not particularly kind to many of the Pokemon. That's true. But the Pokemon it is least kind to is Magmar. Yeah. Magmar looked like a fucking freak in this thing. Magmar wasn't, you know, working with that much to begin with. And there's like, I would say 20 of these fucking things just walk around the level like, hey, look at me. And then they do this like flamethrower 69ing together where like two Magmars come together and they do like flamethrower kissing. Yeah. Josh convinced them to do it. I remember that that was a thing and I was like, let me show you how Magmars get it done. You know what I mean? It was a lot. It was with a lot of points getting that Magmar 69ing. I mean, I hated it, but I knew I had to do it. And then there's this thing at the end of the level where there's these three little volcanoes and you have to throw Pokeballs into them. And there's like a slim percentage chance that an Arcanine will jump out. Yeah, and it's just random, it appears. I had thrown a Pester Ball into the first one and got a Growlithe to come out. Right. Our theory was, oh, maybe we have to throw a Pester Ball into all three of these little like geysers, basically. And the next time we just got three Growlithes. It didn't work. Eventually we got it and we got the picture of the Arcanine. We had to try like four times. We actually gave up originally and we're like, well, fuck it. We'll wait. We'll get the Arcanine later. So the Arcanine was the very last Pokemon we got a picture of. Yeah. And completed our collection on. So you play through all six of these levels. You get a bunch of pictures of Pokemon. You earn a bunch of points because afterwards you take all of your photos. You go back to the lab and then you stamp a little stamp of Professor Oak's head on the one that you think that he will be the most proud of. Right. And then he judges them and gives you points based on stuff that we talked about earlier. Like It's called Oak's Mark. And he is a size queen. Yeah. And he's always like, ooh, or he's like, hmm, oh. <laughs> which are still not even like his sounds are funny, Ooh. but also I think which Tanner, I remember you kind of organically remarked or reacted to this. The only dialogue that Todd has, Todd Snap, 
is that he just goes, yes. Yeah, he goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> Anytime you like go into a do level anything. or like do anything at all. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 So Josh and I just kept saying, yes, all day. Yeah. And for some reason, Professor Oak has like a German accent too. You like come back from a level and he's like, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who are you? You're not the Professor Oak I know. He does sound very gruff. Gruffer than... And he's got, like, a pretty gruff voice in, like, the anime, but this is definitely the, like... He's been on this fucking island for, like, months. He needs a breakthrough. He's been chain-smoking, like... <laughs> that's why you had to fly in this kid. After you've earned enough points, after you've taken all the Pokemon pictures, and you get all the signs, Professor Oak gives you access to Rainbow Road... He unlocks Rainbow Road from the Mario Kart series, except now it's in Pokemon Island, and instead of rainbow constellations that look like mushrooms and Yoshis, it's rainbow constellations that look like Doug Trios and Kinglers. Yeah, it's all of the, the constellations of those signs. You're floating in this beautiful dreamscape, cloudy, starry, rainbowy dreamscape, and who should appear but... Mew. Joshi's sweetie. Joshi's sweetie, naturally. <laughs> I mean, can you, you don't agree? I mean, aside from... No, I totally agree. Beauty, beauty. It just looks like a sweetie little, like, kitten. Take it from me, the guy who got 8,000 points for <laughs> taking a picture of that Pokemon. That's an 8,000 point Pokemon. I feel like Mew being a sweetie is pretty obvious, and especially I don't know if we're going to get a Mew in one of our playthroughs, so I got to just make sure that we stake it in the ground. Mew is a sweetie, especially in this, because you get the proper, like, full sound channels of the Mew, like it's little oh, yeah. Mew. And that was so sweet, I wanted to just cry, and then obviously had to pelt it with some pester balls, but... Yeah, Mew's thing is pretty complicated. So you're chasing her down and you're 0-1. She's flying away from you. You have a limited amount of time before you reach the gate at the end of the level. And you have to hit her with pester balls in like four phases. And the first phase is... Because she's got like a barrier. Like a force field. Yeah. And the first phase is the green force field and you have to hit her three times and then she loses her green force field. She's like floating in front of you. Pretty easy to hit. Second phase, she's got a yellow force field, and she's coming at you. She's charging at you. Yeah, and then she disappears, too. And then the third phase is you get her out of her yellow force field, but she's running after it. So she's running away from you, and then you just have to conk her with the Pokeball. Right. Here's what separated the boys from the men <laughs> in our playthrough. Boys have swag. Men have class, and that's me. And here I am in my fedora and my... Silk shirt, my silk anime dragon oh, shirt, and my katana. <laughs> and I'm the man, and I have the class. So once you knock Mew and keep her from getting in the yellow orb, you keep pelting her with balls. And every time you do, she does a little, like, <laughs> like knockout. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> And then you get a little closer, and you hit her with another ball, and you get a little closer, and you hit her with another ball, and you get a little closer until you're right up in her business. Who is the Pokemon abuser now? And then you take out your little camera, and you snap a picture, and you say, thank you, ma'am. Go back to heaven or whatever. 
I'm going to go back down to Pokemon Island and show this picture to Professor Oak. And Professor Oak was like, hot dog, here's 8,000 points. Well done. Is that the rare Pokemon Mew? And it's like, that's it? You would literally be the most famous Pokemon researcher in Pokemon World on Earth or whatever. How about this, Professor Oak? I hit it with about 10,000 Pester Balls. You just want me to go up there with some Ultra Balls? I'll catch that fucking thing for you. Yeah, give us some give us some real balls, man. What are these Pester Balls? Apples. I don't need this. Set me loose in the Zero One on Pokemon Island with unlimited Ultra Balls. And I'll come back with 63 new Pokemon for you. Let's just convert this thing into a Safari Zone, man. Exactly. And we'll be like rich people from America in our like Jeep. Yeah. Just like shooting out the windows from our Zero One. God, you know what would be good too? A Pokemon version of Jurassic Park. And it's Pokemon Island. That would be good. And they convert it into a whole theme park. And then people are just fucking like taking all these pics or like throwing all these balls and apples at the Pokemon. And they just, they snap. Speaking of snapping. And then like a Tarantar. Tarantar? Is that what it's called? Tyranitar. Yeah. Tyranitar like breaks out of its enclosure and then like all hell breaks loose. And you're stuck on Pokemon Island with a bunch of free Pokemon. That's what they should do next after Detective Pikachu. That would be fucking fun as hell. It's a survival game. God, yeah. One wrong turn and, like, a chancy could, like, jam its gross egg in your mouth and kill you. <laughs> that is that is a bad way to go and an inventive way to uh, even take it, to even think, like, <laughs> what, the Pokemon that's going to murder me is a chancy shoving eggs down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they procreate. They plant their eggs in, Yeah, it's like, like alien. Oh, that's like, oh, there we go. Alien also. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, we had a great time playing this game. Is there anything else that you wanted to get off your chest about Pokemon Snap before we parted ways this evening? I was trying to have one last surprise when we were going to play. I don't know if you did this search also, but I became aware of Pokemon Snap stations, and I thought maybe there was a chance that there was one around here. What is a Pokemon Snap station? They were apparently in Blockbusters. So you could go to a Blockbuster and you could connect to your Pokemon Snap and you could print out a bunch of stickers of your best photos. Oh, fuck yeah. I wanted to, like, find one or buy one because I had no idea how expensive they would be. And boy, was I wrong about that. Because I did find one on Facebook Marketplace, and it is $12,345. maybe the bug catchers can all go in on it with us. Yeah. If we all contribute... A hundred bucks. We'll be able to afford this thing. Oh, oh, that's easy, yeah. And then we can just print all the beautiful photos we took. Maybe even the 8,000 point photo that I took of Mew. Whenever we have uh, live shows, we can just lug the Pokemon Snaps station there and everybody can print their photos. This is for sale in Bellingham, Washington. You can pick it up next time you go home. Yeah. This is perfect. This week we played Pokemon Snap. It's an interstitial episode between Gen 1 and Gen 2. Next week we will be back with episode 1 of season 2, wherein we head to Johto region. Uh. Joshua plays Pokemon Silver, and I play Pokemon Gold. Right. And we already have our characters figured out, and you'll learn a little bit more about them and their journeys next week. We are excited to reveal several changes in next season that I think will be a delight. Until then, this has been Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. Please 
Rate and review the show everywhere you're able to do that. Follow it on Spotify. Give it five stars everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at expsharepod. Especially this episode, we will be putting up some extra photos of our aforementioned favorites and weird expressions of uh, Professor Oak from the instruction manual that I was particularly... (laughs) amused by (laughs) josh did go and find the instruction manual like on ebay or something i wanted to get the instruction manual as a bonus that's it that's pokemon snap also go play it it's very fun yeah and you can clear it in a casual afternoon yeah see you next week see you in johto joshua goodbye smell you later see you